my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Dream. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we go. Guys, are you excited? I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I am so, so <laughs> an hour and 15 minutes ago ready to start this show. But I'm glad we're starting now. How, how's everything? Wow. Hurtful. Hurtful or honest, Kev? Hurting or telling uh, the truth? I, you know what? Honest. And because it's not about me, I can say that. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Uh, Dom, you're, you look a little, a little shy, a little coy. Right there. Uh, it looks like you're paying attention more to your phone than than this lovely, lovely podcast. How are you uh, doing, what? buddy? I, I, I'm looking at last week's uh, sandwich shop uh, products because they were next to me and oh, I got distracted. Oh, last week's. That helps you out so much today. I'm distracted. It's beautiful. Okay, I like you art. Know what? You gonna... know what? It is beautiful art. I will I will give you that, sir. Uh, boys, how's everything going? How's things? How's life? Are you happy? Are you good? I used a blowtorch yesterday. You know what? There's such a sparkle in your eye when you say that. I'm legit happy for you. I am legit Wait, I, happy hold on. for you. Wait, hold on. Do you have I the have, blowtorch with you? It's show and tell. Show and tell. Now, Is right, this I, our product? I, I, went, <laughs> I went from happy to a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, hold on. This week's product, oh, we're sorry. opening with it. Oh, my God. Where'd it go? This is, ladies, uh-huh. and, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to I've made a pipe. Wow. <laughs> Out of smaller pipes. I wish people can see the look of, of just pure joy on his face right now. It's adorable. It it's, it's simply adorable. <laughs> I'm really it's proud duck, of myself. It's ducked stuff TNG. There, there you go. <laughs> you know what, Dom? Good for you, buddy. Good for you. If uh, I will say if you're ever good, you know, people who are good at welding or using blowtorches, like they'll always have jobs like that for forever, oh, yeah. ever. They're always in demand for sure. Um, and if Monty tells me I can't come in the house, I'll find a way. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm just terrified for my life. Uh, well, on that <laughs> note, um, let's end the show now. Um, life finds a way, and so does Sandwich. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually uh, was able to enjoy a few things. I actually wouldn't mind doing a little show and tell for, the, for you guys today before we kick oh. things off. Uh, I saw a movie that uh, in, had uh, both Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen in it. 
Kev, do you have an idea what movie I might be talking about? Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Yes. No. Uh, it's the not so much classic uh, horror movie called Prom Night from 1980. Oh, and, yes. And Dom, you know how usually I say, you know, Kevin, I say you have to watch this movie, put this. This is not a movie to put on your list. Okay. Sir. It's funny as I was like looking for my note, like, oh, I got to write this one at down one too. Point, at one point, the dog jumped onto the couch, went into the corner of the couch, turned around, plopped, and just fell asleep during the movie. And I looked at him. I'm like, you lucky bastard. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. So uh, on that uh, note, uh, Mr. Monty. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Go ahead. And, I know you, I realized you weren't finished. And, and just one more thing that was, is, Unbelievably, unbelievably phenomenal that I, I really want to pump, uh, pimp out today um, is, again, from Aftershock, because I keep talking about their comic books, but, dude, this is such a freaking home run right now. I'm, I think, six issues in right now. It's called Animosity, year one of the— I've seen that. Uh, I don't know if it's a trade or omnibus, exactly how it was being sold, but holy moly, is this a good freaking book. Uh, basically, all of the animals on Earth— um, just are able to think and talk just like humans and, and have their own sense of morality. And I know I, I said last week, I'm kind of done with the whole post-apocalyptic uh, scenarios, but this is so unique. I I'm all about it. I'm so excited. Like I bought like maybe the first eight issues. I'm ready to buy the next eight after that, uh, because the book is just so damn good right now. So, uh, I'm actually very excited to finish that, uh, at the moment. And uh, give that more of a shot because it's just that damn good. So right off the bat, uh, before we even get to the, uh, the the Patreon stuff, it is absolutely worth picking up Animosity uh, at your local comic book store uh, because it's that damn good. I, I, from, uh, I believe the, the writer is Marguerite Bennett, and she just wrote a just phenomenal story, which I, I can't turn. Like as soon as the show's done, I can't wait to kind of pick the book back up. But uh, – mm. Yeah, that was kind of uh, my happenings and everything like that. Big Kev, how's everything uh, out out in Hawaii for you, sir? Well, well, you know, like it is, you know, normal. Um, but what I'm more excited about, Mr. Monty, is to announce uh, mm. that we will have a delay in taping the show next week. We will be taping it a little bit later than normal, so... Um, that we can uh, welcome our very special guest, Billy Campbell, Hell the yeah. Rocketeer himself. Hell yeah. Uh, joining us uh, for the entire program next week. So uh, spread the word. Patreons will get to see it live. Um, and uh, if you are in the Patreon and you ask questions, uh, we will ask Mr. Campbell the questions. Um, on top of that, separate from that, we are beginning a contest starting right away, and we will also be um, uh, running this on our social media as well and, and asking everyone to share it around. Uh, the, the contest is called A Question for Campbell, and what we're asking is for you to come up with a question um, to ask Billy Campbell that you feel like he has never been asked before. And then obviously we will ask, you know, several of those questions we will ask. Now they have to be family friendly, obviously. And we don't want to get into Mr. Campbell's personal life. So stay away from that crap too. Um, 
so uh, you can send those questions in via the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can hit us up on the social medias, or you can send us an email. TNG at gmail.com. Very good. And uh, all the questions that are received by the time we go uh, next Thursday, which is when uh, Mr. Campbell will be joining us, uh, those will all qualify uh, for the contest. And uh, we will give the top three winners, assuming we get three questions that uh, Mr. Campbell's never been asked before. Um, the top three picks that we get will win a very special prize. Very special prize. Whichever hat they uh, want from could Sandwich's be, House. What's that? Whichever hat they want from Sandwich's House. <laughs> no, I like a legit, like Billy Campbell, oh. like Rocketeer oh. prize. Ooh. Ooh. Fancy. Hit upon the so, glasses for that. Yeah, so there's that. So spread the word around. Everyone uh, will be able to, uh, Patreons will be able to see it live. Obviously, if you're at the the tier uh, that allows you to uh, view the show live, um, we will be, what what time East Coast time, I think? 4 p.m., isn't that what we said? I believe so. Oh, no, it's 4, 5, 6, 7. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, okay. 7 East Coast uh, time. Right, Uh if you're in Hawaii, it's 2 p.m. And then in the middle of the country, it's somewhere in there. Use a time <laughs> zone thing and figure that shit out. So um, that's it. Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer himself, joining so us next week. So excited. Uh, live. And uh, we're going to be talking to Billy as long as Bill wants to talk to us. Uh, basically, we're going to be talking about, obviously, the 30th anniversary of the Rocketeer. Um uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep. We're going to be talking about his involvement in Star Trek, which actually goes a little bit deeper than I thought it did. I didn't realize uh, a couple of things about his relationship to Star Trek that I've just recently found out. We're going to talk about his new show that literally he got cast in while we were making the arrangements for him to appear on Geek Stuff TNG. Um, we're going to talk about that and a myriad of other things. Uh, so you don't want to miss that uh, special episode. I am so, so beyond excited uh, to have a chance to talk to him because I just, yes. I, I mean, it's the rocket. It's such a great movie. He's so, so nice know. of him to do this. I know. I remember re reading. There's a movie for those who do not know. There's a movie adaptation of the Rocketeer that came out. And I remember reading that book over and over. I probably actually read the book more than I actually watched the movie. Um, when I was younger and I remember it had the word shit in it and I was like, Oh my gosh, it that's, that's so edgy at the time and everything. So speaking of watching the movie sandwich. Yes. You need to watch the movie. I know it's on Disney plus. I know you only have a week. I, yeah, it's like a two hour movie. They have one I, week. Hey, I'm just saying. You could probably stick Bram Stoker's Dracula in there too. <laughs> but I heard that was scary. You'll you'll survive, sir. You'll survive. It's it's not really that scary, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of scary, like oh, it's cringy scary, but scary, scary. No, not really. No. 
Uh, you know, and Big Kev, while you're at it, you mentioned the Patreon uh, at one point. So I would like to yes. mention that patreon.com slash geeks of TNG. It helps us a lot with like kind of all the back end stuff uh, that goes on with the show. For just $1, uh, you can chat uh, with people on Discord who are part of the show and the fans, which Kev did send one message on Discord. So proud two. of you. Yes. Yeah, all two right. messages. I made sure to document that he has sent at least four this year. And I'm in at least four. That's one per quarter. So he's at his. <laughs> and two right back to back. You, that uh, still counts for one a quarter. Doesn't that, You don't get like bonus points for that. that I'm is- just saying, I get it, one a quarter. But what I'm saying is that I did like, it wasn't just like, hello, and left. It was like, I made a comment about a topic. And then I made an additional comment about that topic. I will, I will have uh, Dom send you your particip- participation trophy. Uh, Thank you. Out to the island for three dollars. You get the show a day and a half early, which is going to be uh, today's Tuesday. It's going to be Wednesday because uh, I like the whole idea of editing the show and then sending it out and everything. Kind of makes life a little easier. Uh, you get a sneak peek at the prep sheet, and for five dollars, you get the weekend bonus show, which Don did. This was a good bonus show you put out this uh, uh, this Thank week you. with the, with those playing cards and everything. So definitely worth it right there. Uh, you also get um, a vintage show of Big Kev's Geek stuff. And for $10, yes. you get to see the shit show behind the scenes of what happens on the Instagram live for the show. So some good stuff all and, around. Yes. I, and in this case, Billy Campbell. In, this is true. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I asked uh, before we jumped on board, I asked the Discord folks if there's anything um, that they want us to talk about very specifically. Uh, and it was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a heavy topic. One of the first things is Ray Fisher's comment that he put out today. Yeah, was it today? Yeah, it was uh, around noon, give or take, uh, about some of the mishaps that happened, which he sent us a very long uh, uh, letter that he kind of just kind of uh, posted as a big JPEG uh, onto his Twitter account today. So I highly recommend you, to get the full context, you read it. Uh, but he, uh, we were asked by who was it? Was not on a box. It was uh, Garcia five twenty five. So Garcia, uh, here's the thing: as as you put into one of your your uh, messages on the Discord, this is something where um, uh, this is becoming a bigger and bigger shit show of what happened behind the scenes and the well, cover up that was happening. It's what, what Ray Fisher was just saying that. Um, the incidences that were happening with the the uh, discrim- the racial discrimination behind the scenes over at Warner Brothers was so much more than what we really realize as an audience and what's already been released. And there's there's more dirty laundry per se um, than what than what was put out there. I'm again I'm summarizing a, a long page right here um, uh, to go about this as there's an investigation. I believe still going on right now. I'm not 100% sure where we stand with uh, uh, COVID on that one. But um, it is on the surface, reading just kind of headlines and tweets and this like that. Uh, the fact that something of this stature happened with a company that large, with a property that as big as uh, the DC universe is appalling and horrendous. And I, I will go on record saying that uh, you two gentlemen obviously are on board with that statement. Uh, and that hopefully, eventually, one day, we just get the God's honest truth from what happened from beginning to end in this whole entire shit show. Because well, I this don't think is, that's going to happen. It, listen, I would love to get it. Whether it actually happens is another story. 
yeah. because there's so many cover-ups. But again, after what happened with the whole Me Too movement, who knows if more people are going to come out eventually uh, to a degree with this kind of discrimination. Um, uh, I, I think I can call it a lawsuit uh, or investigation. I'm not 100% sure on the exact uh, proper term there. Uh, but not to, not to, cause you know, this is a much heavier topic than what we were talking about last week from our ask or discord folks. Uh, but this is something that, um, if you do read these stories, what's happening behind the scenes over Warner brothers, read the articles. Don't go by what the title is. Don't go by some random person's tweets, um, before you give your two cents on the situation. So that's the only thing I will say, uh, regarding that. The other thing that, uh, on a box did mention to me earlier on was the fact that there's a new unsolved mysteries podcast, which I downloaded the first episode. I have not given it a shot, but he basically said that it was like, uh, it's like listening to the old TV show, but on podcast form. So that was pretty nice. But without Robert stack. Very true. Uh, so take that as you will. Um, all right, boys, let's, uh, kick into our, uh, um, our prep sheet for today, because there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about, especially in the back half oh boy. of the show. So before we go crazy into it, Golden Globe winners. Do we want to talk about it? Do you guys, you know, how do you, how do you boys? Feel I mean, briefly, it? It the Mandalorian didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen's Gambit, which if you guys haven't seen it yet, you ought to immediately go and watch it. One, I think best drama series. I think, mm-hmm. and Best Actress for Anya Taylor-Joy, and she totally deserved it. It's on Netflix. You should go check it out. It's a mini series. It's really spectacular. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while, too, like in, in a positive way. Yeah, I have, and and I was not surprised that, that, uh, that it won in both categories. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Mark Ruffalo uh, won for... What, whatever that thing is that he did. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> Two, if there was anything other genre. Oh, John Boyega won an award for something, which is like, it's kind of poetic justice that, you know, as he was woefully underused and I wouldn't say abused per se from a character perspective, I would say probably definitely yes. Mm-hmm. In the rise of Skywalker to kind of bounce back and be winning awards. Good for him. Uh, Cause I think he is a solid actor. I hope he, I hope he gets more work um, in different things, obviously. Uh, so there's that. Um, I don't, is, was there anything else that was the, the format was weird. The format having, was very weird. Yeah, it was again, a minimal live studio audience in L.A., yeah, I think, and COVID, a minimal live studio audience in New York, right? Isn't that how they did that? Something like that. But listen, with as far as I'm concerned, with COVID, with people just trying to play it safe but trying to put on a good show, yeah, everything goes out the window. I mean, working in live television is a absolute beast to deal with. So given the fact that, you know, there's still a pandemic going on, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't even want – to the point where I don't even want to – mention any of that uh the two things that were on my radar was uh jason sudeikis uh winning best performance by an actor in a television series for his role as ted lasso which as i said before is uh, uh a great great show that's absolutely worth watching and also uh for best original score in a motion picture uh trent Reznor for his work on uh, disney's soul 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which is funny because uh, Trent Reznor was actually in that category twice because he was uh, up in for, I'm going to mispronounce this, Mank? M-A-N-K? Yeah, Mank. Okay. It's about Mankowitz, yeah. Okay. Or what's his name? The film writer. Yeah. Um, which I saw soul between the music and between the, the lighting effects in that, uh, that film were just phenomenal. It was Trent Reznor, another guy, and I think also John Baptiste and Atticus is the the music guy on the Colbert Show. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, it was Atticus that's, Ross. That's and who John, John Baptiste John is. Baptiste. Yeah, I don't know the other guy. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the other whoever the third guy was. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I think it's the one nice thing I think about this show, especially at least right now, is uh, or the ceremony is at a time where we're still home and there's so much TV to watch, you know, pointing out some of the good stuff that people need to stream right now is uh, uh, worthwhile. So that's always pretty nice. Um, I think we can move on a little bit right there. For the next story, this is, and Don, just so you know, this is the original reason why I picked that song for the intro to the show. Uh, but San Diego Comic-Con is posting uh. Uh, its uh, traditional show this year and is going to go with a virtual show again uh, because of the whole pandemic. This is one of those situations where, man, this really, really sucks, but it's totally understandable. Again, as I mentioned before, we're still in a freaking pandemic. The, the, between the timing of the vaccine and this, and then, you know, it sucks for the San Diego economy and independent artists and writers and all that jazz. Um, but it, it is what it is. It's kind of... I think it's the right move. I think it would be irresponsible otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think we at the show have this understanding that Comic-Con generally is like a love-hate thing where, you know, you would love to see everything there, but we hate just being there sometimes because <laughs> it's just hell. Dom, have you, know? you been to San Diego? The San Diego? I know Kev has. I've been to San Diego, oh. the city, not the con. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I've enjoyed oh. the city. It's a beautiful city. So I can only oh, imagine yeah, the yeah, con yeah. there would be fucking amazing. Let 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 then then let me educate you a little bit, sandwich. Now, have you been there, Nick? I've never been there. Okay. I, and the the, the reference fence. that sandwich is making is to New York Comic Con and 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 the difficulties, um, uh, uh, not difficulties, but you know, like it's a convention and it's and it's a big. It's probably the second biggest one in the world, but it isn't the biggest one in the world. And that is San Diego. And Sandwich, from personal experience, I can tell you, I'll take New York over the San Diego con (laughs) any day. OG will tell you a story. Mm -hmm. OG will tell you a story about how I delayed Adam Baldwin. Um, For those of you who don't know who Adam Baldwin is, and chances are you don't, unless I make this reference, he was was on Firefly. He was... um, uh, the big brute guy with the hat, the knit hat that everyone associates. I can't remember that character's name. Uh, I can't remember. Nick, Nick, maybe you'll look it up for me. Um, uh, anyway, I delayed Adam Baldwin because Adam Baldwin was doing a signing and OG, huge Firefly fan, obviously. And um, he said, I'm coming, I'm coming. And literally took OG something like, not an exaggeration, like 40 minutes to get from Jane one Cobb. side of the con to the other side of the oh, con. That's brutal. 
Kev. And I don't even think he was like fully distant away. If you follow my meaning, I don't think it was like Adam Baldwin and I were at, at one end and OG was at the other end. I feel <laughs> like Adam Baldwin and I were somewhat centrally located, maybe slightly further away from center than OG. And OG was maybe a little further away from center, but still it took him 40 minutes to get there. Like, and thankfully it's, I held the spot. I told, I told Adam Baldwin what the situation was. And he said, well, just hang out. And, you know, as soon as he gets here, you know, we'll get him in. And I was like, great. And we're coming up to the end of the signing and we're, you know, like literally the guy's packing up and leaving. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm just like, he says he's like two minutes away and blah, blah, blah. And so Adam Baldwin surprisingly was nice enough to wait. OG got arrived huffing and puffing and covered in sweat because he just moved through half a million people in order to get there, whatever the number was. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we, uh, that's kind of what we were. That's, that's, that's San Diego. So, you know, as much as I love New York and San Diego and really the con experience overall, I take New York any day over San Diego because it's, it's unbelievably bigger at least it feels bigger. It feels more intense to me than New York does. That said, I'll take celebration over yeah. New York any day because celebration is just the best con See, I'm just, that I've ever been to five or six or seven times. I'm just so. tired of the bigger shows in general. Uh, I, I mean, even New York Comic Con, man, just to be honest, like it's, it's brutal just walking around at, at times. Because you're you're packed in there like sardines. Uh, well, and, and here's the thing. And oh here's the thing. I, I've never been to San Diego, but I feel like I need to go once just to just yes. to say I've gone at it's, least once. It's Absolutely. like Mecca. It's uh, like Mecca. You have to go at least once in your lifetime. Yeah, which makes sense. But you, but you, you know, can like, coordinate a I, gathering. <laughs> we have a we have a slight advantage in New York because we have a booth. So we we have a number of advantages, uh, Mr. Monty, that you may forget. Number one is that we can walk around a little bit when no one's on the floor. And that is brilliant time. Very nice. Yes. Brilliant time. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) The second thing is we don't ever need to be crammed into anyone because we got like eight by eight feet of space that no one can enter but us. So... Those advantages are not advantages that other people have. True. I'm looking at it more in terms of... Uh, of being just straight up guest. I, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, it's it's different for everyone, and I totally understand that. It's just a matter of... Uh, I got. I just got to punch that hole. Yeah, I just got to do that one thing just the one time and, and, and just kind of suck it up and deal with it. But again, it's San Diego, so, you know, at least it's night, you know, usually nice weather. But again, we'll wait till... Uh, um, yeah, what you call when there isn't a pandemic going on to uh, yep. a- entertain the thoughts. Um, let's move on to the next story. We have um, this is I, I kind of want to mention this just because of the way more people were acting to this story online. Uh, but Tom Holland confirms that his Spider-Man contract is ending after No Way Home, and everyone's saying that um, you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, the last that we see him as Spider-Man. And, and, you know, like, you know, what are they going to do to try to salvage this? If people don't think that they're, they're, you know, after losing Chris Evans 
and Robert Downey Jr. If they don't think they're going to bring a, a young actor, he's uh, 24 years old, back after, which they're going to call the movie No Way Home. If you think they're not going to bring him back in some capacity, you're insane. Yeah, he yeah he wants to come back. You know, he wants a new contract. Like he said that publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- this isn't this doesn't have to be the end for Tom Holland. It, it's only the end if Sony and Marvel and really it's Sony. If it's only the end if Sony doesn't make a deal with him. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine Sony as dumb as they can be sometimes. I can't imagine they're this dumb. No. As to let him go, especially no. if he wants to do it. Let the kid do it. The, the kid could do 10 movies as Spider-Man. You know, he's like, on. it's not like it's interfering with his other work. You know, he's got two or three films he's in the out, hopper. He's putting out, he just came out with something on Apple TV Plus, and he's got the, um, was, what's was the that the game? thing with him and, and, and what's Daisy Ridley? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Cherry, I haven't there, watched it yet. Oh, I don't know. There's a thing with him and Daisy Ridley. It's about to come out. There's Uncharted, Uncharted which I think yes. he's woefully miscast in, but still. We'll see. Um, and then there's other, he has other things. He did an animated movie, uh, Onward, with Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. That was this good year. Good movie. That was a good movie. So I didn't see that one, so I can't say. But, you know, like, that's like, it, it's not interfering with his work. Sony would have to be a complete moron in order to let him go, especially if he wants to do it. You know, some of those other guys like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. until Robert Downey Jr.'s first movie after Iron Man failed miserably. uh, (laughs) Those guys were like, yeah, I think think it's run its course. I think I've run my course with being this character, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, like those guys wanted out because they did it for 10 years. And how many films? You know, whereas Tom Holland is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's this movie will make six films, I think. Right. Civil War, the first Spider-Man, the two Avengers movies, the second Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man will actually make six movies. It'll be a six movie contract. Yeah. Which was, I believe the original contract was five movies. I thought it was uh, with Sony. No, no. The deal was with Sony. I think it was six movies. Okay. And oh, I'm sorry, five movies. And then I think this third one was the one that they renegotiated. Okay. Where Marvel and Sony had that drop. Yeah, they had that fallout and they needed to renegotiate. Not not Tom Holland's contract, the Spider-Man contract. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then I think that was all I think that was all part of that. Mm -hmm. But Tom Holland has said his contract's up. But he doesn't want to go anywhere. His only, his only, what do you call it? Like his, his only requests or his only like needs in order to sign a new contract is he wants the director. He wants. He wants everyone Zendaya. to be the same. He wants everyone to be he, the same. That's it. Yeah, he wants the director. He wants Zendaya. He wants whatever the guy playing his buddy is. Mm-hmm. Nick is that the friend's name? I Nick, the, 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 the Asian Ned. gentleman. Ned. Yeah. I forget. Ned. Yeah. Whatever. He wants that. That's all he wants and probably money. Uh, I mean, that's all that the kid wants. Give it to him. He's killing it as Spider-Man. So he, and here's the thing. I, I think um, uh, this is going to be, again, as you mentioned, a Disney, Sony uh, negotiation table kind of conversation here. Yes. And I think the fact that um, Tom Holland says he wants to do more 
is good news for Disney. Not, you know, but maybe kind of hurts a little bit in the negotiation going on for Sony at the yeah. exact same time because that doesn't put them in a very good light uh, at the moment. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm not Which, worried whatsoever. I think this movie is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to end on a cliffhanger in some capacity that's going to continue throughout the Marvel Universe. Yes. And uh, however that plays out. And I think we're going to just see more of it. I'm not worried whatsoever. So people just need I to think, take it down a notch. I think, actually, if I may, Mr. Monty. Oh, you may. I think what we're going to see here is we're going to see Spider-Man splinter off away from the big MCU, away from the larger like Avengers kind of movies. I think we're going to see him split into that Spider-Man universe that they've been talking about. I kind of hope it, not. And it makes perfect sense for them to do that because Spider-Man has, I mean, where periodically he has appeared in those bigger crossover stories. Nick, you read Spider-Man, so you know this. Sure do. Most of, most of what he does as a character happens small. New York centric, you know, those kind of things. It's not a lot of saving the world. It's a lot of saving New York and saving, you know, local, you know, he says in Avengers, is it Endgame or is it, no, it's infinity war. He says, you can't be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's no neighborhood is one of the things I think what they're going to do is they're going to use this third movie to make him with respect a smaller, uh, uh, a smaller uh, figure in the MCU overall, but yet expand the Spider-Man universe. And they're already doing this because we know that Morbius is part of the MCU Spider-Man universe because the end of the trailer has uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture show up. So we know that's going to be tied in. And we also know that if he's going to renegotiate a contract and they're going to be focusing on sort of the spider verse, then there's going to be more movies like that. I, I mean, eventually I, perhaps culminating in a sinister six storyline, however it is, they're going to get there. I think that's what I think they're not removing him from the MCU. Mm -hmm. He certainly could show up cameo, whatever. But I think what they're doing is they're going more local. That also allows them to reboot Daredevil. That allows them to put Moon Knight also as a local person because that's also a thing. It allows them that more New York-centric um, a, a universe, for lack of a better expression, or at least splinter of the MCU. That allows them to develop that and build that up on its own, separate from the larger Avengers, FF, cosmic universe. So just, just that's, to, that's what I think. Just to emphasize one thing I think you didn't make clear, though, Kev. Um, you're saying the amazing Spider-Man universe from the comic book. You're talking about specifically, you know, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. You're not talking about the other different, uh, different uh, universes outside of the 616, correct? No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm talking strictly about. I'm. I'm talking strictly about him going from being saving the world to saving okay, New York. Okay, okay, that that's that that and that totally makes sense because I'll say this. That has my... always. 
I was going to say that has always Spider-Man has always read to me more as a local superhero than a world saving. Now, this is not to say that he doesn't play his part in those and he may Mm -hmm. and he will. But what I'm saying is they seem to be like all of his movies are New York. Well, not the last one, obviously, New York centric. Um, I'd say the last one was much more broad in the sense that it was tied in more with the MCU because of Nick Fury and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think what they want to do is develop a universe, uh, you know, a New York sort of centric universe where they can bring Venom in. They'll have Morbius. They'll have Vulture. They'll have Spider-Man. All of these things sort of come together and that ground, you know, what do they call them? The street level heroes. Yeah, Yeah. Moon Knight, Daredevil, maybe Jessica Jones, maybe Power Man and Iron Fist. Those guys maybe sort of start infiltrating, not infiltrating, but sort of rejoining the MCU, mm-hmm. but in this bit of a splinter universe. Uh, and She-Hulk will be one of those as well, probably. So, you know, like, that's what I'm talking about. I think they're they're going that a bit sense. more localized. That makes sense. And there's so many... Uh, great storylines that are involved. And yeah. so there are times where I, I know you're not a fan, Kev, but uh, one of my favorite aspects with Straczynski and Romita's run on Spider-Man uh, was sometimes just his interactions uh, with everyday people uh, in, yeah. in panels, either just kind of like the, 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 the quick little, you know, conversation bits or the, the, the kind of the, the jokes that they would have with. Also, I'll, I'll support that. I'll support that with a scene from the first Spider-Man movie. Okay. When they're when the guys are robbing the ATM wearing Avengers masks. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's what that that was to me. That's when they nailed Spider-Man. I agree with you. Because as he's agree joking with them and and defeating them from robbing that machine, that was pure Spider-Man stopping bank robbers you know, bigger villains who ultimately are usually bank robbers or, you know, mad scientists. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff always feels more Spider-Man to me. It's why Doc Ock is the best of the Spider-Man villains thus far, my opinion, is the best of the Spider-Man villains thus far on film because it was exactly that. It was exactly that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a pantheon of those. So many villains that they could use a pantheon oh, yeah. craven oh. you, you know like someone there's someone, a million of them someone uh big Kev, someone took a picture of nick offerman with his big burly beard and made him look like uh uh craven and i'm like i don't think he's gonna fit but that looks pretty no. good with but with the beard of me it looked well i mean again it's photoshop so you can make anything look good you know just really quickly before we move on as a little side note to, to what you're saying about the mcu uh, a conversation I had with a buddy is that one of the best things that came out of WandaVision, and we're not going to talk about WandaVision. We're not going to talk about the latest episode, uh, even though I think it had just one of the best written lines I've I've heard in television in quite a while, is the fact that it arguably has made one of the two most overlooked characters from the Avengers and just has put them on such a high pedestal at a moment after they lost uh, uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., which is a huge achievement in this show as it stands. I'm like, you know, that's a that was a pretty good point. Is, is it Wanda? Say again. Is it Wanda? Wanda and uh, Vision, yes. Right. Yes, they've done they've done just a remarkable job, just 
putting him on a I pedestal. Agree. So just wanted to throw that out there. And we have the finale this week. Is it the finale? Because I keep hearing yes. different things at this point. No, it's the finale, and it's runtime rumor is 50 minutes. Okay. Um, haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, so I assume that's happening this week. Because the, the they end. announced that before the show even started, so we know that's coming. And hopefully, and whatever happens, it's going to lead directly into Doctor Strange 2. And somehow that is going to tie into Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man comes out first, though. No, I, think. I don't think so. No. I'm pretty sure no. I'm not sure. Either way, all of these things are going to be related. Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange 2, WandaVision, all going to be related. Mm-hmm. All going to have to do with the multiverse and so on and so forth. So this, if you're a Marvel fan, this week... This is a key week for you because you're going to get this and then you're going to get nothing <laughs> for a, a while. Well, that's not true. Falcon yeah, and Winter Soldier. Yeah, coming up. But but I'm but that's a, that's a whole different cupcake. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, let's hit one more story before we hit our break. Oh. Uh, but Walt Disney Chief Executive Bob Chapik uh, had an interview with uh, Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecommunications Conference and said some interesting comments about uh, post-COVID movie theaters and that whole shindig. Uh, he basically said that uh, he's, quote, not sure there's going to be, uh, there's going back to pre-pandemic theatrical windows. He added a bunch of lines saying, I think the consumer is probably more impatient than they've ever been before particularly since now they've had the luxury of an entire year of getting titles at home pretty much when they want them. So I'm not sure there's going to, uh, there's going back, but we certainly don't want to do it, uh, to do anything like cut the legs off a theatrical exhibition run as of right now. So here's how I'm taking, here's how I'm, I'm taking that whole thing. He's saying, Hey guys, we'll see how it goes. But if we can cut out the middleman and make a little bit more, and and try to have more people on our product than anybody else's. We're gonna do whatever the damn hell well we can please because people complain about these sort of things. Um, so why not just go all in, or at least ninety nine percent in, I should say, um, as it is. Um, and they're still trying to figure it out. Remember, they had the whole Mulan situation, which did not go over very well. Which was what was it? it was thirty five dollars, I think, for the to try to get that thing earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it's that's never gonna work. No, that's just never going. That model is never going to work. They either premiere it that way. I think the future is. I think theaters are going to become more niche and more um, experience driven, meaning that you're gonna have the movie and maybe a meal and maybe some drink. So those dine-ins, mm-hmm. I think those will be those will be a thing. I think but I also IMAX. think that theaters will also do more. Uh, big theaters like that, I think are gonna need to do more um, like fathom stuff. Yeah, more of an experience. Yeah, more- so you're going to see Jaws on the big screen. Maybe you've never had that opportunity. That kind of thing, I think, is the future of... I'm not saying new... I mean, w- along with new releases. Yeah. I think the theaters are going to have to 
change the way that they do business in order to even remain a niche thing. That said, I think studios, I think when all is said and done, studios are going to be doing both. Disney is going to be releasing films on their platform and in the theaters. And I still think there'll be a delay, but I think it'll be minimal. I think it'll be, maybe it'll be a two or three week or maybe even a month delay. So it'll open in theaters on, you know, this day. And then 30 days later, it'll be on their platform. That way they're giving that they're giving the consumer that likes the theater experience, a 30 day window to see it where they're not able to see it uh, sitting at home. And That's the answer. We should also point out the fact that uh, in 2019, Disney had 11 films that uh, earned at least a, a $1 billion. So yeah. they were doing gangbusters before this, but of those, of those 11 films, how much do they had to put into uh, promotion? How much did they had to do in terms of the whole world tour situation when they're uh, running commercials and like, they, you have to put a lot into a film, like we know that at least. Um, you know, so when a film makes a certain X amount of dollars, that doesn't take in consideration what they had to do to promote it and how to get more eyeballs to go into that theater. So it feels like again, when something's on Disney Plus, they have some, they, they have a little bit more control and they're able to cut those costs down considerably. So right. you know, we'll, we'll never get those exact numbers, uh, but. It just feels like in terms of a, a cost efficiency, it's going to make more sense. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, as you're saying, in terms of the movie theaters, like even the drive-in movie theater, the Warwick one I've mentioned, they put out a, a, a Facebook message saying, hey, we can't get our hands on new movies yet. So what classic stuff do you guys w- would want to watch? And, Perfect. And Kev, that thread just blew up. Oh, I know. I put, I put in there, I'm like, because I'm grateful some of my favorite movies I've seen on the big screen. I'm like, I just reply, Double feature, Evil Dead 2 slash Army of Darkness. And I had a bunch of positive replies on that. Uh, yep. So, yeah, but it, I think it makes sense because I think, uh, as you say, I would love to go see, um, you know, just Evil Dead or Jaws or one of those kind of films on the big screen uh, yeah. versus versus this. But we'll have to, you know, it's anyone's yeah. guess. No one knows 100%. And, and I, I, you know, just as an example of why theaters need to remain, and why they probably will become more experienced and niche based is because I want to see Dune on the big screen. Yeah. I want to see Marvel movies and Star Wars movies on a big screen. I don't need to see like the rom-com on a big screen. Yeah. So I get <laughs> that, but you know, there are event movies. There are big movies that need that theatrical, in my opinion, need the theatrical experience sandwich comment. I mean, you know, I don't have the theater-going experience that you guys have. You know, I do enjoy going to theater. One of my favorite parts of going to theater, though, is going on, like, a Tuesday at, like, noon. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you you that. Because then, you know, not that I I do enjoy going to, like, a packed theater because then it kind of has, like, a different feel to it. But one of my favorite experiences is going to, like, a theater, sitting dead center in the middle on, like, a noon at Tuesday and just – lounging and enjoying the film and while i do enjoy watching tv you know in my home we got good setups in my home you know the theater going experience is something that you can't replicate anywhere else i could get a huge screen on the side of a wall in my house but i can't (laughs) recreate the experience of going to a theater 
with my friends and, and you know and seeing it with other people yeah like in yeah. that in that setting sure. i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i me... went to see all the marvel movies with my best friends go we like grew up watching those movies going to theater oh, yeah. together so that was like a big thing for me so like oh there's a new movie coming out we gotta go see it. we gotta go see it we would talk about it and then we'd see it then we'd talk about going the fact oh we saw it it was so cool it's so, true we would it's just I don't want to lose that theater going experience. I don't want it to become like a niche thing. I don't want like my my kids or you know my little brother when he gets old like oh you go to the theater still why don't you just stay home and watch it on the couch because I want to sit and buy overpriced an popcorn and yeah. sit in a questionably comfy chair with a bunch of strangers and enjoy a movie going experience. Let me ask. You I remember boys. when I remember when Sandwich and I were in high school and we went to see <laughs> uh, Captain America Shut together. Up. Yeah first one let me let me yeah. ask you boys this one question each because we're running long and we got to go to break soon but if fathom events held um an event where they played seasons of the mandalorian on the big screen would you go watch it so the problem with that is i mean yes i'd like to see mandalorian on the big screen but it's it's an hour there's intermissions. So, There's intermissions between each each episode. But that, then you're like, like a whole six day. hours. Let's call it a 20 minute inner. Isn't it six episodes? See something like that. Eight. 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 So let's say it's eight. You got a 20. Let's say even 15 minute break in between. That's two hours of break right there. And eight. That's 10 hours as an as an experience. If a theater wanted to do that, I think people would do it. Yeah. Just kind of However, I don't know that enough would do it to support doing it. Hey, That's remember the they did that for the first uh, all the original MCU movies going into the oh, first yeah. Avengers movie. So I yep. I would be surprised if it doesn't happen. But Dom, would you give it a shot at least once? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> uh, I'd bring a blanket and maybe like you know something like extra comfy. Like I'd wear like my slippers in, into the, into the theater. My slippers. Might as well get comfy. Bring bring yourself a little snack. Uh, yeah. Boys. Let's, oh, no, uh, no, sir. You can't sneak. You can't sneak food into the movies. That's illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah. No Sandwich and I would never do that. Um, no, no. We sure. we firmly believe. Never. Never sneaking in food. No. In your pockets. You know, maybe never. getting a, a, like a drawstring and hiding it between your shirt and your hoodie so that you can never. easily just that's, walk no, in. No, that's, that's against the law. What? Nobody does uh, no. that. No. Nobody no. feels... Nobody, nobody takes a bag in with, I don't know, white cheddar popcorners. Nobody does that. It's ridiculous. Well, who, who would do that? All right. The, who would do that? Big cat, the audacity that Monty would even accuse us of such a thing is just what hurts the most. I'm going to mute you all. Big Calf, take us to break. <laughs> and with that, Mr. Monty, Mr. Sandwich, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode number 626. 626. Isn't that a world on Marvel or something? Six, six, uh, one, six. That That's Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, man, we should have named it after Lilo and Stitch. Um, uh, we will take our only break on episode 626, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> Monty, are you sure this is safe? This store looks sort of very spooky. Sandwich, relax. The Graveyard Gallery is an amazing place and it has something for everybody. But, but, but it's called the Graveyard Gallery. 
sounds like they're into spooky stuff and you know i'm a very delicate person well you're definitely right on both accounts but it doesn't matter if you want collectibles as far back as the cabinet of dr caligari or something related to obscure movies that only diehards know about there's something for everybody here i i, I mean i do have to admit the the range of collectibles is pretty stellar and pretty creative i'll be honest they have a wide range in stock it could be hot toys prop replicas statues they got you man these clothes are something else too is that real blood on that shirt not on all of them but they got hoodies shirts beanies they even have stuff with herman munster dracula and red from that 70s show wow dude these handmade items are awesome this heart's still beating all right put that back where you found it okay but the handmade items are some of my favorite things in the store they have paintings masks dolls and of course prints yeah you gotta have prints on your wall oh uh, sorry i didn't hear you i was having a fascinating conversation with the gentleman over there who's a bat now um and he helped me pick out some great collectibles for me it's all good man don't worry about it did he show you the human skull in the cabinet brought to you by dark interiors what zoinks you better be going to the ATM and then come back to buy a spine. The Graveyard Gallery at thegraveyardgallery.com and on Etsy, Instagram, as well as Facebook as The Graveyard Gallery. Go to them for one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. New horror-related items are in each week from big and small companies and one-of-a-kind creations. The Graveyard Gallery. Spine sold separately. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called The Piecast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pi Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Okay, I'm just going to go for it. Hello, it's Karen Gillen here, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, and Big Kev Funa Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position. 
the laser cannons simulate firing and the engine lights power up all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do 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 premium offer. You get one eighteen scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-wing, including crates, tanks, personal transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month. In addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may see models like this online or at shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is they're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Dom, you know what was my favorite part of that whole read? Right before you started when I muted Big Kev. Because oh yeah, no, that, that made it. That, that really pulled it all together. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, and then he unmuted himself. Yeah, well, yeah, that was. I was actually Same. about to, but you beat me to it. But you know, you got to invoke those godlike abilities that I have uh, only when necessary. Uh, but we also have our other lovely sponsor of the show, the Graveyard Gallery, uh, over at Twenty One Main Street in Butler, New Jersey, zero seven four zero five. So, uh, which will kind of help us lead into product today. But I have a little product that I picked up from the store. Um, because uh, I do like the fanciness. So from, I believe these were uh, issues from 1967 going to 1968, but the famous monster magazines. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how good the quality. Famous monsters of Filmland, right? Isn't that that magazine? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, yeah. And they had, uh, there was a whole bunch of them, to be honest with you. I mean, there was uh, boxes upon boxes, but I got one uh, with Frankenstein. I got one with Dracula. Uh, and again, I can't really tell how good it looks. I like the Frankenstein one a little bit more because of the way that green color uh, and orange just pops right there. Uh, I'm almost sure, Nick, you can look this up. I'm almost sure that cover of monsters, of famous monsters of Filmland, the Frankenstein one, mm-hmm. has been made into a poster. It could have been. The entire, I don't mean just the Frankenstein, I mean with the words and everything yeah, on yeah. it. I almost reasonably, I'm almost sure they've made that into a poster. Uh, I love these kind of old vintage things. They have a whole bunch of great stuff like that. And uh, they're going to have more of these books. So they're, they're, they picked up a collection. I was just lucky enough to kind of get in there quick enough to uh, buy a few things. So if you're interested, go to the Graveyard Gallery, 21 Main Street, Butler, New, Jer- New Jersey, 07405. Tell them that, uh, you know, Monty from Geek Stuff TNG sent you and uh, they'll give you a high five or free stickers they they, they could give you a free stickers, oh, so I highly recommend stickers. that and really nice people over there so uh check them out when you have a chance uh boys we have a little bit of product that we want to hit on before uh big kev which one of the two uh we want to hit on we want to hit on the board game first no oh well i think sandwich uh read uh that 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 uh, there's been an announcement that he wants to share with us sandwich yeah, so uh, it's official everywhere that I've seen it that we're getting a new D&D book coming out in May, uh, title being Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Nice. So, so it's like a Ravenloft support book? Because Ravenloft is – has Ravenloft come out as a book so far? 
No, no. I think the oh, only so is Raven this the Loft Ravenloft is... campaign setting book? Is that I, what I'm, this is? Yeah, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's what it is from everything nice. I read. Because the only book in Ravenloft has was Curse of Strahd, I believe. I don't think there's been anything that, else in Ravenloft. Curse of Strahd, I think, is the campaign setting. So this would be the second book for Ravenloft. It's like a source book. Yeah. yeah. So two new subclasses, all of Ravenloft to enjoy. Lots of fun stuff. Definitely something to look out for. Uh, the second cover looks beautiful. Uh, and it's coming out sometime in May. I can't seem to find it. I think it's May 16th. If you uh, were May 18th. If you were Monty and you were playing D and D, Ravenloft is where you'd want to play. Yes, absolutely. I was just about to ask you how how uh, substantial is this for for someone like me who who is a newbie versus you know, well you guys uh, who are much more hardcore. Newbie aside, this. newbie aside, it's like the at least in my opinion the like horror setting if they're gonna do one. Wasn't the, is this it's a follow-up still, dom where they had the the one with the the Dracula uh, coffin that came out? I think like a year or two ago. Yes, this is the follow-up. That was Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Okay. Strahd's like the he's kind of like the he's Dracula. The Dracula. Right? Yeah. He's like the Dracula of D and D. Okay. And Ravenloft is kind of like the Castle Dracula, uh, or well, Ra- Ravenloft's a city, right? It's not the castle name. Is I thought it? it was like a whole like country. And maybe it's the whole area then, but yeah, that's, I mean, this is basically, it's, yeah, it's basically Dracula for D&D. So it's D&D characters going up against Dracula and friends-ish. Dom, can you be a peach and just send me the link to that so uh, I know what it is I'm going to try to get my hands on then? Absolutely. What a guy. Um, and Monty, your- you need you need a DM guide, you need a player's handbook, you need Curse of Strahd, and you need this book. You know what it is, uh, Big Kev? It, it's a matter of like, and I do have some of that. Uh, it, it's just a matter of like uh, being at the not being at a table with people in person to kind of just uh, do this, and uh, yeah. you know, then I was going with some gaps not playing, and then the pandemic. Hit. I, I'm just the kind of person where I need to kind of do this all in person to understand. So. Yeah, you know what? It's coming. Someone who did do the online D and D for a while, just for me, it didn't really. It doesn't really match up for me, in the slightest, respectfully. Okay. And I know the people who enjoy online D and D, but it just doesn't work out for me. Like the, the experience of sitting with your friends and playing D and D, as opposed to like, all right, guys, now roll your dice. What'd you get? Oh, you're looking at memes on your phone because you're at home sitting in front of your laptop. It's okay, <laughs> yeah. I understand. I get it. Yeah. So that's just that's just me and everything it's like that. But I, I am excited to 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 seriously kind of give it a go. So there's that. Um, what are we doing next? We kind of uh, went off uh, script there. I'm not 100 percent sure which which part we're hitting. No, that was it. And what was what was left? The 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 sandwiches mystery product of the week, right? Is that what we're thought, doing? Oh, we did a Kickstarter. Oh, the Kickstarter. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. So the Kickstarter we're highlighting this week. Good job. Good job there, Sandwich. Uh, is the latest version of Zombicide. Undead or um, Alive. What's it called? Undead or Alive. Undead or Alive. Right. So this is like Zombicide. Now, we've talked about Zombicide in, in the past. Um, the latest version is set in the Old West. Uh, so that's very exciting, uh, for people that like the old West, obviously. 
And uh, it's also very exciting for fans of Zombicide because it's yet another uh, version of Zombicide uh, to enjoy. So Zombicide, mm-hmm. as I view it, I should say, um, there have been a few so far. This is now, I think, the fourth or fifth um, version. There's like a regular modern day version there's kind of a fantasy like D&D version. There's, I think there was or is coming a space version. I think there was an expansion um, to the fantasy one. I can't remember what it was called though. I think, but that was an expansion, I think. These are all, I think these all have been kickstarted throughout the years. Um, and now we're up to the current one, which is set uh, in, in the Old West, which is really, really great. It's an amazing board game in that, it is not really competitive play. You are playing together, I think, in order to survive, uh, if I remember correctly. And it's one of the things that I really liked about it was that it was really very different in that regard because so many games now that are very popular, like Settlers of Catan and you know some of the other board games that are really popular are ones that, have you trying to win the game zombicide is about playing with the other people in order to survive and i think you know surviving longer uh something 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 (laughs) um but that's what i recall and having it now set in the old west um the the minis look fantastic it comes with a crap load of minis so crap load of them so much um and they're unpainted of course i've seen people who paint theirs mine will be painted eventually by by my painter um and uh yeah absolutely fantastic and you can still get in how much time is left on that one uh mr monty so uh as of right now there's only seven days to go but just to kind of hit on how the popularity of this really quickly big kev it has yeah. over 14,400 backers. Uh, the yep. original pledge goal was $150,000. It is now up to $1.87 million. Yep, there you go. And, and I you would put like to a just, good board game out on Kickstarter, you're, you're, you're doing well. I, I really would like to add a, 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 a kudos to the people who uh, just created the, the listing page for this. Because first of all, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it has, and they so all much, have been. It, it's so much information in terms of like the risk, the shipping, the this, the that, like all the yep. questions kind of upfront, and what you're, and, and a visual guide, pretty much of of the the game. Like this is the way. Like these people should also run a tutorial on how to make a how to make a Kickstarter listing because it's beautiful and it goes along with these these pieces, these these minis so very well. Yeah, and you know, again, it's 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 their fourth or fifth go, <laughs> so you figure they got to have mastered it by now. Um, so yeah, good on them. Dom, have you ever played Zombicide? Was that one that you tried out at Retailer X's shop? Um, honestly, no. Okay. I didn't, like, it just this is before I really got into D and D and stuff. When I ever really saw it played or had the option to play, it just never struck me as anything. That I, that did, it didn't look bad. I just had no interest in it at the time. Now that I know more about it, I'm a little more interested in it, but that would require me to have uh, zombie sites set up someone to play with and all that fun stuff. It's coming. Hopefully. It's all coming. Just give it time. It's all coming. 
And with that said, <laughs> wasn't sure if you're adding any more to that. Uh, yeah. So uh, only seven days left, but uh, we'll pimp out the Kickstarter on our social and, media pages for sure. And dirt cheap. What's it at? Like 140? Isn't that like the highest pledge you can do now? Uh, and it comes highest, with everything. The highest pledge. Give me one second. The highest pledge is one 140. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. You're you're in. You're full in for 140. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with the estimated delivery date of March 2022. Yeah. I will say it it is nice when you back something on Kickstarter, you almost kind of forget about it. And then it just shows up randomly on your door. It's almost like uh, a Christmas gift to yourself. That's really funny that you say that because one that I backed over a year ago, I think is coming fairly soon. I got the... Uh, I think I went full in on a game I played one time and I had a really good time playing it and they decided to do a deluxe Kickstarter version of a game called Terraforming Mars. Oh, cool. I remember you mentioning that. And I went full in on that because it just looked spectacular. Nice. And uh, But that was over. I feel like that was over a year ago. So I imagine that's going to be coming fairly soon. Uh, sandwich, I'll have to make sure the, uh, the sandwich mobile is cleaned out um, because I suspect that box will be pretty big. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good. Uh, oh, good. Good. Do you hear that in his voice? I can hear the, yeah, the disdain. Even though he's going to get to enjoy these things. Just disdain. That's okay. It's not disdain. It's just like, you know, it's it's a sandwich like mobile, the sandwich tanker, you know. It's not like some giant monstrosity that can carry all these boxes. It's only got so much room in in the truck. Um, do we have more product that we're hitting on or are we saving it? What are we doing, boys? We can uh, do, we can do this one really quick, I think. All right, go ahead. You uh What do you think? Well, we're already I, an hour plus into the show, so uh your call producer i think we hold it again you know what if if you you are not the producer but if he is the heart and soul so um um, because if if, if we're going to talk about i want to talk about it not like speed talk about it all right then let's bump it till next week bump it to next week well maybe not maybe not next week depending on next week no, it's not going to be next week. It'll be two weeks. All right. Because next week we have the Rocketeer himself, Billy Campbell. Ooh. Ooh. Super if, uh, excited. In case anyone I, has I, forgotten I that. I set that the, up you know, and Kev just fucking nailed it. There you go. Ow. Proud of you, boys. So let's wrap things up. Uh, you can catch us each right. and every week over at geekstufftng.com. You can check us out our uh, social media pages, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter at geekstufftng. Uh, you can find me online as Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M, uh, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the YouTube, on the Snapchat, and uh, your Uber driver. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Xbox One network, theoretically, um, uh, at Big Kev GS. I think I am BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. But for some reason, I don't... I don't suddenly remember how to work Snapchat. I was trying to snap out like the Billy Campbell thing as a tease, and I just couldn't figure it out. No, I don't. I don't do well on the Snapchat. The effort, the effort was there. Oh well, I tried. Uh, dumb. Find me on Xbox One and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore. F A T D O M 
B L E D O R E. That was very, very uncomfortable for me to listen to. So I hope uh, you're aware of that. <laughs> and with that, Big Kev. With that, Mr. Mayhem and Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 626, uh, the one we didn't name. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess we will do. Uh, 626 two, is Stitch. You two had I'm one on the job. island of Stitch. You two had one job. Um, name the show. Right, show up on. on time and name the show. Let's see. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> Let's just call it Experiment TNG. I was going to say, let's call it Experiment 626, but I like Experiment TNG. That's good. So we will bring the episode 626 Experiment TNG to a close the way we end some episodes by saying. Hold on, hold on, guys, just really quickly. I will take us out today. I'm sorry there, Dom. I, I know you're disappointed. No, it's okay. But uh, I would like to say... You're up for it. He was he was emotionally invested in he, the closure. He and was. And you cut him off. As he looked totally away from the camera. He did. Did you see that? He's he, like, I'm yeah. centering. He tried. He tried. I uh, He tried to ignore me the best that he could, but I was able to snipe him, as it were. Uh, but I would like to just point out that um, uh, lost another person this past week. And uh, I just want to emphasize that you need to be as careful as possible while this pandemic is still going on. And you need to make sure that you're able to help out anybody who is, uh, may have some underlying health issues while all this shit is still possible and just to play it extra safe. So with that, I will say goodnight, Alan, wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
Play ball.